to the culture, your campy, irreverent source for retro fun. We love 80s horror, comedy and sci-fi. We also love talking about these great films. Sometimes we stay on topic, other times not so much. So pop in a VHS tape, adjust the tracking and join in on the conversation. Our producer has given us an ultimatum. You perform monkeys or you're dead. So. <laughs> That's just fine. It's fine. Yeah, we're going to do That's our best fine. to perform. Yeah. <laughs> for you all. <laughs> do, 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 do. Okay. So, hey, what's going on, Hi. everyone? Welcome to the cold show on this wonderful Friday evening. It's like 70 degrees out, and it looks exactly like winter supposed to look. <laughs> so yes. Everything's fine. Nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. Everything is okay. great. Yes. Um, my cat Which... is here, so she wants to say hi. So, well, Please. Hello, okay, Stitches. Now she, oh, she just left. It's fine. And she ran. She ran. So, so what is going on, everyone? Um, welcome again, like we said, to this wonderful Friday. We are mm. pumped up because uh, we have mm. a... What we're hoping is a wonderful show. We did a lot. Oh, it will be. One movie, only one film that yes. we were able to watch multiple times. Deep dive into. Yes. It's going to be a hoot. I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. One that was robbed of its place on the list during Halloween. <laughs> it was. I just kidding democracy in action and it didn't make the cut but it's in my heart i would have stormed the capital to get this one in, on the list though so <laughs> i mean except for we are the capital so it's <laughs> cyclical it's cyclical it, it is you're right yes all right so real quick what do we all what do we have in our cups tonight what is in oh the may i go first Sandra? please yes um, can I also can I just share my thing to you? My not my what I watched, but why I sound weird if I sound sure. Weird. Um, so my floors and my wall were like flood damaged, and we had to get them fixed. And they just finished fixing it today, like seriously, maybe fifteen minutes before we started the call. So there's nothing in here. So it's like I'm in a cavern. That's my space. I told them I feel like a ghost. That's like what my little <laughs> station looks like. But you, and that's where I'm sitting. It's very sad, but I'm so thankful to have this like done and have a floor that's and walls that aren't filled with water. Um, so that's what's up, you know. Hey, my recording from home. Yeah, hi Neil. <laughs> and I am drinking a new Lagunitas non-alcoholic IPA that I have not tried. Um, it's very pretty. It's like purple and red, and it's supposed to be very hoppy. You love the hops. I love the hops. Nice. Oh, that's nice. what I got. All right. Oh, got to open it. Oh, cheesy, crazy. I always I'm look gonna, forward to seeing what I'm going to hit myself has. in the face. <laughs> Can you oh, do that? That'd Jesus. be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's open. Now it's a party. Um, <laughs> all right. Finally. You know, I liked it so much last week that I did another red wine sangria. Um, Change my re recipe up a little bit, so we'll we'll see how this one goes. But you got all that muddled fruit. Yeah, no muddled, just chopped up fruit that I put in the refrigerator. Chunky fruit, chunky know, monkey marinated fruit, marinated in red wine for a few hours. 
Love it. That's great. For a few hours. Dang, man. Damn. He thought That's ahead. What, he That's did. What he found ahead. Is. <laughs> well, true, but we're so very good. Uh, what about you, Twinsy? I, I got real simple. Uh, like we were talking before the show, I was I've been very exhausted the past couple of days, including today, like almost <laughs> wanting to fall asleep at work if I was so allowed. Uh, so I just got as much um, caffeine as I could fit in this mug and then poured a bunch of whiskey on top of it. So holy shit, okay, just a just a Jack nice. and Coke. It's like thing a, in my, it's it's like a pitcher. Yeah, in my in my like Freddy pitcher of Jack and Coke. Yeah, damn. My okay. giant Freddy, yeah, mug. So that's what I'm it. doing. Got to keep Fabulous. myself awake. So cheers, awesome. everyone. Cheers, cheers, happy friends. Friday. That's, that's right. very hoppy. This tastes like straight up legit beer. Only oh, there's good. no booze in it. Yeah, that's awesome. So if that's what you're looking for, that's what you're gonna get. That's why everyone guy. drinks beer. Yeah. They like the taste, yeah. not the, the alcohol. I, I P and A. The I P and A. Okay. Let's see who is joining us tonight, shall we? Yes. We have Space Face. Hey, go ahead. Welcome back. Of course, we have the illustrious, the talented, hungry boy. From so Australia. talented. Yeah. So much luster. So much luster. That's <laughs> right. You should be a gem. Um, <laughs> so much spit and polish. <laughs> Mark, Visions Truth, all the way from East Washington. Welcome back, buddy. What's up? Uh, Todd. Good old Todd from the 209 joining. Oops, uh, I hit the mic. We're learning that Todd apparently has a lot of information in this kind of uh, in this realm of of horror as well. So I'm guessing he might Yay. have some fun fun pieces to sprinkle in. Yes, more folk horror people like myself. It's not enough of right. us. All right, and Pismo Mark, of course, is back. Hello, Pismo. Welcome. Um, and Lewis, our good friend Lewis, he's joining Lewis. us after a couple weeks of absence. Oh, Welcome back. You. He's like an IRL friend, not just like someone we've met on the internet. <laughs> right. All right. And we've got, of <laughs> course, our two, our two wonderful ladies this week. We're going to call them the Dyad of Dread, Laura and Mindy in the house. Oh, my I God. love a Dyad. Yes. I love a Dyad. Who doesn't I'm love so a Dyad? I'm so glad they're here. I'm so glad they're here. Well, Mindy, you came back, so that means you're not hating on us for doing a remake episode last week. We appreciate that. Thanks for giving us a second <laughs> shot. Uh, and Kenneth, we got Kenneth, or as we know him, yo, Vanilla, what's up? <laughs> I feel Welcome like I back. haven't seen Kenneth in a minute. It's, it's been, been a while. while. Yeah. yeah. So, and then Doc Pretorius, wonderful Doc Pretorius, uh, one of our cult show, one of our cult film series regulars. Yes. Uh, is back and he always seems to come for these type of films ones of the classics that we do like this yes. he seems to love so welcome love back it. doc welcome back i think but. that is about it for now so yeah, anyone else say hi please, yeah please say hi if you haven't said so yet we do want to interact with you yes all right sandra yeah aside from your house being torn apart <laughs> yeah it's been what great. else is going yeah. on um, that's really the big thing is my house being torn apart. 
you know, it's just weird when you feel very displaced. But, um, of course, I've still been able to watch some things on streaming. Mostly I've been watching people cook under duress because it calms me in stressful situations. And I also watched on Netflix the new docuseries, The Night Stalker, which is, of course, about Night Stalker Richard Ramirez. I'm a huge true crime fan. Um, I always felt like I knew a lot about this case and about Richard Ramirez. And it's very interesting because this series, it's like he's hardly in it at all. And it's it's in a really cool way because it's really from the perspective of the detectives that, you know, were trying to solve all of the cases that were involving him, of all the people he ter- terrorized. Um, and it's just really, really well done. One survivor is in there, and then also family members of victims. And it's just really well made and super, super interesting point of view. Got it. Got to check it out. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. And that, you know, that nope. happened in your beloved 80s. Because <laughs> there was bad things that happened in the 80s. Yeah. That was, there was, I mean, you got to have one thing happen that's bad, I guess, in order to Yeah, that's ac- right. That was the one thing, everybody. All the everybody good. send your mail to Neil. <laughs> Track that to Neil, but the one the bad thing that happened in the 80s. Uh, Carol, giant mug full of <laughs> whiskey and. All right. Caleb, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Um, you know, I watched a lot, but the only thing really worth mentioning is I finally, finally, finally watched season two of The Mandalorian, and it was Yay. fucking awesome. So, loved it, loved it, loved it. I'm so glad you got to see it because I, when I finished it, I was like, Caleb, I know you texted to get me, it. <laughs> yeah, and he hadn't, so I was like, okay, just no spoilers. Either. It was just you and me, oh. you, yeah. So. That I text was pretty special. You? I, you I know, text it's, you, it's sir. Just, you know, it's not that often that it's just it's you and thing. I. You it's know, just our so, thing. Um, yeah. Fuck all I should these have, other people. I, I should have texted you back as soon as I finished it and said, Yeah, wait, now that you bring that up. I watched it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I dropped the ball, but I was just like in the afterglow of. Yeah. <laughs> having a good, or, as or, I call orgasmic it, orgasmic bliss that is yes. <laughs> the Mandalorian. As they call it, the Star Wars sob, where I just yeah. like retreat inward, and I'm like, that <laughs> was, yeah, love it, love it. I, lo- I love you guys. <laughs> we love you too, Ned. Ned. <laughs> okay, uh, I watched finally. I'm so happy I finally realized this was on Hulu. Um, Gretel and Hansel. Yes, I saw that. Yes. And uh, hands down, the best thing I watched in 2020 or from 2020. So, yeah. Oh my God. It is. It's on my uh, list. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. I mean, I absolutely loved it. So, I cannot recommend that film enough to everyone. I mean, it is, it's a beautiful thing to look at. I mean, the cinematography, the music, the acting, everything about it was was fantastical phantasmagorical i mean it was everything it's it's beautiful it's folk horror it's got um a really cool feminist message it's um it's like it's like reading a really good like dark fantasy novel yeah like just kind of come to life in front of you by the genius osgood perkins 
yeah. of whom I love everything he does. Yeah, seeing Alice yeah. Creek again in, in, a, in a nice, good, good chunky role, you know. So it yeah. was, it's, it's, I was, I mean, for a PG thirteen film, I was blown away yeah. at how good it was. It had some creepy imagery. I mean, it was really good, really yeah. good, real good, <laughs> really good. Watch to shoot. it. You should watch. <laughs> we should watch it together and just talk okay. about it. Just like, you can just be like, oh my god, I love it so much. Yeah, great flick, great flick. So I was finally excited to see something like, oh my God, you know, like be all for it. So, um, and otherwise I got, I want to show, I want to share. Can I share? Yes. So I got this in the, in the, in the post via the, the post. post. Mommy, I got this in the post. <laughs> um, it is the fly Blu-ray set. What? Wow. So it's, Look at that. it's got, it's got the um, it's got the original Fly, Return of the Fly, the Curse of the Fly, and then it's got the '86 and the Fly Two, which of course I've been trying to get everyone to watch. <laughs> but so the Fly Two you couldn't really get on Blu-ray anywhere, so it's like, well, I guess I'll order the whole this whole new set. <laughs> just to Damn! Get that but it's cool. I mean, the artwork on the outside is pretty <gasps> cool looking, you know. And it's got it's got my favorite Melty Man, my Melty Man from Part Two. Remember he he was on one of my favorite kills episodes. Yes, yep. he was. So, yeah. Anyway, so it's got some Vincent who, Price on the cover. Vincent Price? Or? No, it's got everything. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Yeah, who released awesome. that? It's a Shout Factory, Scream Factory type oh, of nice. deal. So nice. anyway, so I got this. I'm excited to put these in the Blu-ray player and start start watching. So and then hopefully one day maybe on the big screen, you know, pop them on there. You never know. You're just going to make us watch The Fly 2. I know it. You're just going to, like, kidnap us, hold us hostage, and make us all watch The Fly 2. Oh, there's no question. It's an absolute... <laughs> it's going to be like a... I mean, like a, a hostage <laughs> Beirut kind of thing all over again. I mean, it's just going to yeah. be, you know... Yeah. But I had a that's feeling. Okay. I know. You're going to love it, I'm telling you. Um, hey, and then real quick, can I just want to update everyone on the whole Save Our Stages legislation? If you don't yes. mind, since I've been kind of pleading this thing, I thought I would update everyone as to what's going on, in case you're not aware. But there was that Save Our Stages uh, that was proposed as a package with everything else that was signed back in, I guess that was the very end of December when Trump finally signed it. Um, and there was about $15 billion that was allocated towards live venues and museums and zoos and movie theaters, that kind of thing. Um so that got passed, and then the name got changed, actually, from Save Our Stages uh, to something else now called the Shuttered Venues Operator Grant. So um, the SVOG, basically, uh, is something that is coming through the line soon. I had a webinar a couple of days ago with this small business association who is administrating it. Um, they don't have their chat together yet. Uh, I'm sorry, we're doing a picture soon about Scottish. They're shite. <laughs> you don't have it together yet. Um, but uh, hopefully soon they're going to have applications and what they need to get it going for the theaters and the, the live venues and that kind of stuff to start applying for these grants. But okay. it is happening. So for everyone who wrote their congressperson who who did you know, follow the links that, that I was pleading for you to do and do all that, it made a difference because they were inundated with people saying, please help, please help. So I just want to let everyone know that it uh, passed, and I thank everyone for their help uh, in making that happen. So everyone should Woo! get a round of applause for that. Um, Good so job. We did a, a thing, people. We did a thing. We did a thing. We did. We did a group thing together. There was a yeah. lot of people that were harassing, harassing their Congress people, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it worked out. So that's great news. 
<laughs> and for the record, that's the correct way to harass your Congress people. <laughs> right. No, emails, emails yeah. and letters is the way. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. So, I mean, That's you can sit outside their house with binoculars like I do, but it just gets you kicked out eventually. <laughs> so, and you're just like, hey, hey, I made you a sandwich. You want a sandwich? <laughs> yeah, I made <laughs> egg salad. <laughs> Been yeah, sitting shit, in my car for eight hours. Shit sandwich. <laughs> Sorry. Just come get sandwich. in my van. Get Sorry, in my van. Shite sandwich. Shite. <laughs> oh my God, people, get it together. <laughs> uh, otherwise, okay. Um, okay. So, I guess that takes us to. Uh, this week in entertainment history. Yay! Yes. We're there already. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. All right. Um, yes. Let's get started with January 12th, 1966. Batman, starring Adam West and Burt Ward, premieres on ABC. Bam! Fuck! Um. So good. Let's see. January 13th. This is an interesting one. Sandra, did you know that on January 13th in 1928, RCA and GE install three test television sets and homes in Schenectady, New York, allowing American inventor E.F.W. Alexanderson to demonstrate the first home television receiver, which delivered a 1.5 inch square picture. I didn't know that. I didn't know huge. any of it. Oh, wow. Okay. Huge. Huge. <laughs> huge. Okay. Um, it's great news. Great news, right? <laughs> that was 1928, though. I'm just saying that was a long time ago. No, it was a long-ass time right. ago. I was two years old. I don't remember that. So, yeah. and, the, and, the, and, the, and the mom of the house probably said, don't cl- sit so close. It's <laughs> right. <for> your eyes. <laughs> exactly. They probably <laughs> said it like, was the devil's box. one and a half inch. Yeah, they're like, it's the devil's box. Throw water on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On January 14th, uh, there was three 70s TV staples that premiered. So January 14th, for some reason, three different fil- uh, TV shows that were fairly popular from the 70s premiered. Um, which was Sanford and Son in 1972. Okay. That's Sanford and Sons. Come uh, I'm coming. The, You're a coming, the Bionic Elizabeth. Woman. Yes. <laughs> The Bionic Woman in 1976, uh, and finally Fantasy Island in 1977, all premiered on January 14th. You want to know something super random? Sure. I never watched Sanford and Son growing up. Like, I didn't have any channels that showed it in syndication, but my dad always liked that show from when it was on TV, and now he watches it on YouTube, and, like, he (laughs) sends me episodes. He, like, sends me episodes, like, oh, this is the Christmas episode or whatever, and I'm like, (laughs) I don't know who the fuck these people are, Dad. I'm sorry. (laughs) But one of these days, I'll um, watch them so I can be a part of this show that is, like, 40-something years old. Yes. I'll be a part of that Sanford and Sons. Oh, yeah. See, yeah, it's it's a cultural phenomenon, man. Red Fox, oh, <laughs> hysterical. I mean, I know about it. It's just right. I, I feel very late to the game and like very late to the party. Well, you know, Sandra, I I appreciate you admitting that because you know, admitting it's half the battle. So once you just take ownership of that, then we can start curing you. So it's okay. Yo, Joe. <laughs> Knowing it's half the battle, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Now you know, and knowing this half the battle. Yeah. 
Very funny. Very funny. Okay. Uh, January 14th, 1957, Humphrey Bogart passed away from cancer oh. of the esophagus. So yesterday's date in 1957. Oh, I'm a big uh, fan. This one's even harder for me. Uh, yesterday, five years ago, basically marked, yeah, marked the anniversary um, that we lost Alan Rickman. Five years ago yesterday. Oh, wow. Uh, that one hurts. Ooh, yeah, it's still fresh. <laughs> that one is a fresh wound, absolutely. Um, there's another one for Sandra. Man, you, you're all over this one this week, Sandra. Uh, today's date in 1975, Space Mountain opened. <gasps> I love Space Mountain. It's uh, so much Mountain. fun. It's so much fun. So good. Well, that was, that so was good. at Disneyland, by the way, in case you didn't know. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right <laughs> Macy? Such a good ride, right, Macy? <laughs> so good. <laughs> okay, and finally, uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow's date is John Carpenter's birthday. Wow. John Yay! Carpenter. Oh my gosh, so excited. Uh, how old is he going like... to be? Well, he was born in 1948, so you figure uh, it out. That's, <laughs> hard that's math. math. That's hard math. That's yeah. math. That's um, like... 73, 73 years old. Uh, should Scott. I like send him a cake? Do you think I should send him a cake? You haven't already? I send him a cake tomorrow. Yeah, do it. Why not? I'm okay, sure. I'll send him a cake. Sure. He would probably love it. Why not? He's going to eat the it whole can, thing in one sitting. Be like a Michael. It can be like, look like William Shatner, but only all white. Or oh, Yeah. I was going to um, say, I, he did, he's done so many of my favorite movies. Right. Or Maybe it could I be like, just go sing. I'll just go sing to him. <laughs> like I'll sing a... Hero by Mariah Carey to him. <laughs> there you go. Right outside his house. That'd be friggin' awesome. Um, <laughs> just make sure you film it. <laughs> Live stream it. I think I say you can send him a cake of We Live and it can taste like dog dew. That would, you know, kind of thing. But, <laughs> um, so. We Live? I'm sorry. I, I'm not no, familiar they with live? the movie. They Live? Sorry, They Live? Yeah. Uh, they Live? Mm. <laughs> Wow, your joke kind of <laughs> fell flat when she you didn't lives, even get to taste the name right of the thing. We live, they live. Get, get your out pronouns here, right. Get your pronouns right. Get out of here, Ned. Nobody cares about you. I told you guys you. I was tired. What's this Ned thing you're calling me all of a sudden? What is going on with that? <laughs> I just want to call you the wrong name so it looks like that's we fine. don't care about who you are and that's your real name. <laughs> I know you don't care. I'm, I'm, can we call I've been aware of that Ned for Flanders? quite a while. Ned Flanders. Uh, oh, go on, look, Twinsy. <laughs> anyway, also real quick, uh, James Menard, Jimmy joined us. Jimmy's in the in the chat. What up, Jimmy? Hey, Jimmy. Um, finally, new subscriber alert. We have three this week. Yes, what? three more. It makes up for getting closer. Um, two of them are what? private. One of them is Meg D, as in dog. Meg D. Hello, Meg. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, Hi, Meg. Good. Thank you, two privates. Thank you, Meg. So the wow. two privates. Caleb, I'm assuming. Don't, don't talk about your privates. It's weird. <laughs> I'm assuming they're ashamed of us. They don't want to admit that they subscribe, so they just go private. It's probably John Carpenter. Oh yes, yeah, we know. Yeah, probably. You're right. Yeah. All right. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to ball it up, and I'm going to pass to Sandra. Yoink! Okay, I got it. So this is exciting. This is the first time we've named this type of episode that we're doing. Yes. It's a deep dive. It's a deep dive. Deep dive. Yes. So hold your yeah. names. <laughs> hold your names. We, we have an intro. I just don't know if it, if it was supposed to happen yet. It's supposed to happen <laughs> during the other part. So Is if you're waiting for Scott. No. I don't, well, I don't know. But we can yeah. wait. We'll, we'll do it. We'll, oh, no, okay. Just never kidding. mind. She wants it now. 
I don't, I don't know. Okay, don't, don't do know. it yet. You guys don't plan these things and don't include us, so we don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay. So tonight, for our first deep dive episode, we will be talking about the beloved, the amazing, the illustrious Wicker Man. The Wicker Man! Wicker Man. Wicker, Wicker man. man. I have to say Wicker Man, because that's the way Christopher Lee says it, and I love it. Um, <laughs> so, so thrilled to talk about this movie one of my all-time favorites and we're doing a deep dive which is kind of what we've done before when we talk about a film especially if we talk about a singular film but we really actually did our homework took time and researched shit to present to y'all i mean yeah Yeah. we're good we're really good we're like we are hashtag profesh super profesh (laughs) Oh my goodness. All right. Now the, the bar is raised. Neil, for you, that would be a pound sign. Pound <laughs> sign. Oh, oh, pound sign. Yes. Like on the touchstone phones. Okay. Yes. Yes, okay. yes. yes. I get it. Let's do it. Hash brown. Let's do it. <laughs> hash brown. Hash brown. Country I potatoes. Some, I said go for, yeah. for some hash browns right now. Mm, hash browns. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Sandra, you must have your little synopsis like you always do, right? I do. So this film is about Detective Sergeant Howie, who leaves from the mainland to investigate a mysterious disappearance on a very little known island called Summer Isle. So he's going there because he was um, he received communique that there was a girl who was missing named Rowan. So when he arrives at the island, he is met by um, kind of opposition from the friendly but very eccentric uh, townspeople who at first claim that they don't know any Rowan. They don't know who this girl is. So he is kind of one man against this entire island trying to figure out why would someone tell him to come there to look for this missing girl when all he's coming up against are brick walls. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. And if you haven't seen this movie, you are doing yourself a disservice. We're obviously going to have to spoil it, but it's, um, it's a, it's a real gem. Like, I mean, it's a great film. It's a great film. Of course, if you don't like it, you don't like it, but I think most people, you kind of love it, right? Like a lot of people love this movie. Yeah. I, I don't know how you wouldn't, man. I tell you. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't, I, even if you don't like horror, I think you're fine with this film because it's got elements of horror but yes. there's so much in it, so much in this film that, that it's you pick apart. It's folk horror. It's a thriller. It's a mystery. Um, it is damn it's near a musical. It's damn yeah, near exactly. a musical because music plays such a huge part of this. Yep. And I would be remiss if I didn't start this out by asking Caleb, what did you think of it? Because you've never seen this, right? This is my first time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, love I it. thought it, I thought it was great. I really did. I, um, so I've seen the remake, so I kind of knew things, you know. Um, but that's the uh, last we'll speak of it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Um, but uh, no, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, you had a good you know, time. Like, yeah, I had a really good time. So, I, you know, I fuck, man. I, I just wish that we could watch these together. I really do. I um, know. And I don't even just mean the full, 
four of us. I mean, all of you guys out there, you know, yes. <laughs> in chat right now. I wish all of us were in an auditorium together watching this movie, laughing, talking, you know, singing. talking shit, singing, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly singing. <laughs> lots of singing. Lots and lots of singing about uh, corn rigs and barley rigs. <laughs> corn rigs. Exactly. Oh my God, it's so and good. Baba Black um, Sheep. And <laughs> um, I know we're going to get into it, but <clears throat> for me, um, gosh, it's hard to pick a favorite, but I w- would often call this my favorite Christopher Lee role, and I was a huge fan of Christopher Lee, um, but I just love him in this film. I found him so charming and so incredible and kind of playing this brighter character that you don't always get to see from him, so that was really cool. Yeah. Um, so my part of the deep dive is I'll be here to answer all your questions about paganism as it is represented in the film. Um Fun fact, I'm actually not a pagan educator or an expert, but I am somebody that's been studying the occult, paganism, any sort of mystical arts since I was a teenager. So I know a pretty good amount and I did some research too. So I'm happy to share some things that have, you know, um, that I could find like, yes, that is based on something. That's a real thing. Or no, that was just for, for the film. Let's dive in. Let's start talking about the movie. from first person who says it gets uh sandra gives you a buck <laughs> so i don't have that not no you buck. don't have a dollar i know you don't have a dollar <laughs> we spin it all on our flooring do you do you have four quarters maybe four quarters <laughs> um maybe if i look in like underneath the seats in my car i just dropped all my notes you dropped all your notes <laughs> 100, pe- 100 pennies them. <laughs> I found my notes, guys. It's okay. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for the show. Two hundred okay. half pence. So let's talk about the film. What let's 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 re- recount recourse recourse recount. Let's <laughs> let's do something with this film. So, um, what do we think about the wonderful, the wonderfully named? First of all, Neil Howie. What do we think about him? <laughs> I think he's um, a loser. Yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> hated him. Absolutely hated him. <laughs> yeah, I admire um, I admire his sense of justice to find out what happened to a child in this weird, you know, thing. But that's about all that I like about him because he's um, he's a bully. He's rude. He's super disrespectful of other people's cultures. He's part of some weird Calvinist religion shit that I don't like. Um <laughs> And yeah. he's just no fun. He's no yeah, darn yeah. fun. If he's supposed to be the moral compass in the movie, like, no, thank you. I, no, I just, me neither. <laughs> I'm a go the other way. <laughs> like, I, I grew up with a lot of people like that. Um, and I just, like, no, no. I just, as soon as he just started talking about God and religion, and I'm just like, nope, nope, nope. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut, shut it down. down. Go he's got away. That, <laughs> he's got that holier than thou attitude, really. Yeah. 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 And he's he not afraid to, to to say it either. And that's the thing. It's like, dude. Oh, like, it's the audacity. Re- respect other people's opinions. But he's like, no, God and morals. And, <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> he goes to 
their home and he's disrespectful and rude. Yeah. yeah. The audacity, the gall of this man. Yeah. No, thank yeah. you. <laughs> I, I know I, I, he, and he, he's endearing to me because of his convictions and the fact that he, you know, sticks to them so staunchly. And is <laughs> I mean, just the way he just conducts himself, uh, the whole straight lace thing. And I don't know. I just, I mean, I, it's, obviously i don't agree with his ideology it's not one that i share however i i respect the fact that he just goes in there and he's just like this is how i am and this is the way it is and right. christianity blah 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 and you can't teach the children yeah. this i'm gonna report you to the you know the constable the head constable general blah, blah. i mean the whole yeah. thing he's just, he is so a, you're saying you you're saying you love censorship you love <laughs> Only when it's you being censored, Sandra. Otherwise, no. <laughs> yeah, so. no. He's uh, he has he has some opinions about the way life should be conducted, and if it I, doesn't fit into his view, he's like, right. it's not not. He fair. had he no. had the, he has a he had, they all they all have. There's some great lines in this film, but the one he has um, early on, I can't remember. Oh God, I wish I could remember what was going on. But he says to some people, he's like. He's like, oh yeah, you're you're raving mad. <laughs> like, what, like he talks about something. I can't remember what the heck it was, but it was just. I, I mean, I just, I'm, I, I like him I, as a character because I find him he's engaging and endearing, and he's again because he's just so staunch on his views. You know what I mean? And I, lo- of, I love you, Neil. All. I love you. Endearing, not the word. I <laughs> Fascinating, compelling, um, a great foil for the plot endearing not one of my words I, though okay i find him endearing can i find him endearing is that okay you just want to chuck him under the chin and be like hey you go get him slugger yeah exactly yes you know what i'm <laughs> you know some doc Pretoria said in the chat and this is great he's like the original 40 year old virgin <laughs> and it's like you know what you know what yes. you're absolutely right yes yeah he's I like gotta... no this is a no-fly zone Yes, <laughs> below this police officer's belt. Nope, exactly. And I, I'm just saying, you got to give it up to, for him to stand by his morals. We'll call him for as, as crazy as we may think they are. That's all. So <laughs> he does masturbate against the wall pretty fiercely. Um, we will. We'll get to. We'll get to some more about Howie and his zealotry towards the end of the discussion. I think. Okay, towards the end. Okay. Yeah. Well, because mm, there's a lot of theories about the ending of this film. So I'd like to, you know, when we gotcha. discuss the ending, we'll discuss the ending. You got it. Okay. okay. What else? Well, so he doesn't like pagan people. <laughs> <laughs> he makes That's that quite kind clear. Of, he makes that real clear. Um, so, of course, a, a pagan is basically a person that does not follow the mainstream religion. And in this, especially, it's in terms of people who don't uh, follow Christianity. They have their own religion. And on Summer Isle, they work with the old gods, as they call it, kind of the old ways. Um, they have they borrow some from real Gaelic Celtic deities. And then they also kind of made some stuff up as well, as far as their deities are concerned. I want you guys to just like fire the pagan questions at me as we discuss. Fire them away. Fire. 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 So in the, in the wonderful 1980s film dragnet (laughs) with, 
Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd. Yes. They uh they have a group um of pagans that are yes. the quote unquote bad, you know, bad guys of the film. And it's an acronym in that movie that stands for people <laughs> against goodness and normalcy. <laughs> so Yes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that, you know, something I've retained in my little brain all these years <laughs> that I thought was funny. I um, I think I think uh, Sergeant Howie would agree. He probably I think would agree. He would have, I think he yes. would have been hitting the, the the yes button, like yeah, I fucking hate pagans. <laughs> That's totally them. He would have been yeah, ding ding ding. What is correct, Alex? <laughs> so right. yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, to start out, kind of a cool thing is, I mean, I guess at some point we're going to have to talk about the music. But at the start of yeah. the movie, there's a film. I mean, there's oh my god, help me, someone send help. At the start of the film, there is a song. <laughs> there's a tree, and the tree becomes a man, and the man becomes a seed. Or oh yes, um, no, <laughs> not that one. Where they um, reference uh, Lunasa Lamas, whatever you call it. There's different ways to pronounce it, which is a Gaelic holiday. That's referenced in the song, which is um, kind of the start of the harvest season you know there's a big big harvest theme throughout this infertility of the fields uh they also talk about beltane may day which of course is a huge event for a lot of different pagan cultures um interpreted a lot of different ways so that is of course um accurate and that falls on may 1st how halfway between the spring and summer equinoxes Mm -hmm. and uh then it would be kind of like you know, they have their end of the harvest picture where they have the queen and they have all the bountiful foods out there. That would be around Samhain. Our beloved Samhain, Halloween, is the end of the harvest season. So that would be where that would take place. So that's kind of cool how, without explaining a whole lot of exposition, you kind of see how, you know, already we know that these people are very tied to the land, they're very tied to nature, and they're very tied to these um, harvest fertility festivals of yore. Okay. Wow. Cool. Absolutely. There's some of these things, like you say, they bring up like the May Day and the May Queen, all these kind of things, of course, we've heard from other films since as well. Yes. You know, like, I mean, of course, Midsommar being the biggest one probably recently, but absolutely. So I know um, my grandmother was uh, dating, believe it or not, living with a man. Um, a man? In, in what? Um, a wicker man? A wicker man. He was a Polish man made of wicker. But um, he was, <laughs> he, uh, he, but he, the, I guess May Day is a thing uh, as well in the Eastern um, European yeah. Tons, thing. Yeah, tons, yeah. Yeah, fairly large thing for them. So I remember hearing about that when I was just, you know, a wee lad. Way back when yeah. as well. So it's um it's a good holiday. I think it's a lot of fun. It's celebrated, like I said, by lots of different cultures. It's been appropriated and absorbed by Christianity, as so often is the case with all holidays and traditions. But um it's a sexy, fun holiday. Um, you know, you see the people, the women jumping over the fire. That's a part of it that they would do um, in a lot of cultures, especially Gaelic ones. Uh, jumping over the fire, leading cattle around or through bonfires. All for, like, the idea of um, fertility, of longevity, protecting oneself from natural and supernatural elements. It's considered a lusty, sexy holiday. It's fire. It's passion. Um, I really liked how that was 
kind of captured in the film because for them, like, this is great. This is super fun. People are having sex outside. It's awesome. Right. And he's just like clutching his pearls and they're like, no, it's cool. We're having a good time, you know? Right. Yeah. So like in that line where, I mean, he's like, you know, they're jumping through fire you know, yeah. they're naked. It's like, well, would you jump through fire with your clothes on? That's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, like, obviously, bro. Duh. Why would they do that? Yeah, yep. I, I love that. Because, you know, being naked, there's a lot of nudity in this film and spells and rituals and things being done naked. And especially in the neo-pagan community, that's called being sky clad when you're naked. You're free. You know, you're in a natural state. And it's very... um you know, kind of what's the word I'm looking for? Abrahamic religion, you know, nonsense to be like naked is bad. Nudity is bad. And it's like, it's not necessarily, it's just a natural way of being. Of course you have to get everybody's consent to be naked around them. Uh, So don't just think you can, you know, go around that. Ah, I should write that down. Okay. Consent (laughs) to be naked around to be naked around people. Other people, okay. Other, other people, pe- other pe- people. people. Yeah. P-E-P-E-O, people. Okay. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever, however okay. you're going to remember it, write it down that way. Okay. P-E-E-P, yeah. okay, got it. People, yeah. P-E-P-O-L. <laughs> people, P-O-L-E. P-P-O-L-E. People, got it. Nailed it. People like a maple, <gasps> maple. Not a peephole, but a people. <laughs> Spelling bee champ. Okay, okay. Not the, um, the music in this movie—you touched about it, but I want to. Can we get into it a little bit more? So, please. Um, the opening song again, which is awesome. The whole barley. What was it? The corn rigs and the barley. Barley rigs. rigs. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome folk, uh, folky songs. <laughs> yes, it's, I mean it's. Oh man, it's just it's such seventies goodness. Oh my god, such seventies cheesy, you know. Oh, it's just it's like the Vaseline you rub all over the lens, which we have in some scenes of this film. It's like that (laughs) poured into music. It's wonderful. It is so good. It's just I mean, corn (laughs) rigs and barley rigs. And corn rigs and whatever else. (laughs) It's it's It's, a bop. It is a bop. God, it's so good. And then that, band, uh, that band's name was Magnet, I think. Magnet, okay. yo. Yeah. Yeah. And then the the second song they break into in the in the uh the inn. I'm gonna yes. go, what's it called? The Green Man Inn. The, the, green, the green Man. The Green, yeah. green Man. Which is um which is relevant. The Green Man. Can I tell you about okay. you know about please. the Green Man? Please. Oh, please. So the Green Man is actually a very common name for pubs, but the Green Man himself is a um, kind of pagan figure. You see him all over Europe, and you see them on secular and non-secular buildings, and it's this face kind of surrounded by all the vegetation, and um, it's up to some interpretation, but, you know, it's basically a person, a being, a deity of the earth. So I love, I love a Green Man. I think it's so, like... Just like mm, it makes my heart sing, looking at that happy little face surrounded by leaves. In another life, I hope to be a green man. <laughs> really, All right. so that was a really cool little um, kind of Easter egg in there too. About if you're familiar with what a green man is. Okay, awesome. So they're in there. They're in the green man. They're in the green man, <laughs> and then they, and they break into a wonderful song about the <laughs> landlord's daughter, which is <laughs> and yeah. 
Which is and she's enjoying it. She's having a good time. We're all having she a is. good time. No, it's everyone's sad. having a great good, I was gonna, good time. There's, yeah. there's one person who's having a bad time. There is. The curmudgeon. <laughs> the curmudgeon. sexual. They're sitting <laughs> in the windows. I don't like it. Yeah. The, 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 I love the line. There's that line of, I have it written down, um, the path that lies between her left toe and her right toe. Oh my god, it's so <laughs> What path is that? Hmm. They're, they're so they're funny. In. <laughs> the riddles. In riddles. The yes. riddles. Oh, those it's guys. It's very cute. It's like it's very cute because it's I mean, I imagine that's how pubs really are, you know, where people kind of spontaneously break into song. I've heard that in the UK, that that is a thing. So I want to keep that vision alive in my head. And in this one, it's really cool because it's almost like they're making it up as they go along. You know, I don't know. There's like the spirit of improvisation to it. It's very charming. Um, Kind of something throughout the whole film is there's people who are clearly actors and people who are clearly not actors. Mm, okay you know yeah i know i mean, I, I i just can say that in, in like oliver the musical oliver there's a whole um papa um papa you know in, in the uh that's how it goes thank you scott 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 exactly scott's singing he he's got it so yeah so <laughs> i say it happens in the pubs i do i do as they would always <laughs> say so but <laughs> I, I would love to go to a bar that just breaks out in song. Like, yeah. that's really all I've been looking for my entire life. <laughs> that'll be that'll complete this circuit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, at this point, I wrote down in my notes: Is this a musical? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think it is arguably a a musical in a lot of ways because the music is like a character. The music is such a part of the story. Yes. And it's how we do get some exposition as well, too. So no, absolutely. I, yeah. I, it's just something that you're not expecting, you know. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I know we're you know we're supposed to be watching this horror film, and they just keep on like breaking out into song, you know, like sure sort do. of sort of randomly, like a musical would. And that was just a, a really pleasant surprise. How's that? Can we talk about the next song? Yes, <laughs> which is which is the very sensual masturbation against the wall song. Oh, we're going there already. <laughs> What's the next song? The songs are kind of like benchmarks. Oh, there's my cat. <laughs> okay, okay. Is it this one? <laughs> that sounds th- like it. Can we hear that at all? Kind of. Okay. Yeah, there's a little bit of. Of naked woman dancing around, banging walls, banging walls, and she's she banging like, walls, and he's yeah. humping walls, and, and he is sweating <laughs> profusely, profuse <laughs> amount of sweat. Um, and she's kind of like trying to bewitch him, put a little bit of a spell. You can see my cat's rump right here uh, on on him, and he's like, "I can't. I must resist the sexual." I'm just going to jack off all over this rented room. It's fine. <laughs> I think he exploded, technically. I mean, okay, so the landlord, the landlord's daughter is basically singing a song saying, hey, buddy, come on over to my room. Come on over. Lay, yeah. lay your seed. Then so, Camigo, I mean, yeah. Okay, so 
it's a pretty catchy song, first of all. I mean, it really it is. is. It's you a know, yep, charming, it's a nice, yep. nice song. Um, the young lady is naked, uh, as again, pretty like you nude. said, most people are in this film. Yes, pretty nude. Um, yep, pretty nude, pretty nude. Um, so the question is, if he did <laughs> go in there and plant his seed, right? Um, would a would she have actually let him do that? Because then it would have ruined the whole remainder of their the plan, end game. Right? Yeah, this is so good. Do you see? It's Scott is like reenacting this. Producer Scott in the background of my shot. Oh my god, stop! You're gonna drive the neighbors crazy. Um, Is he naked? Is he doing that? Not naked. Wiggle that butt wiggle she does. Nope. And that 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 didn't happen. That part didn't happen. Uh, Okay. Um, That's tonight after the show. You know what, Neil? I had that same question though. Like, if if he had gone in there, if he had done it, would she? have said okay let's, yeah let's i do think it. um personally you know? i think i mean we can only speculate but kind of what i thought is because they wouldn't want to ruin the plan they are right. probably testing that virginity like how far it could really be pushed because you know he needs to have all of those willing and you know specific components yeah so she probably would have been like oh never mind not gonna have sex with you yeah, but I'm you know just, just kind of seeing <laughs> yeah i'm just seeing a song bro yeah um that was my thought it's great great music great music um are we gonna talk about i mean we're we moving on we're going beat by beat and just throwing out info for each scene is that kind of what the deep dive is looking want, like Sandra. Take us on your oh, pagan journey. Perfect. Oh, please get on get on my level because we are having a good fucking time. Hey, hey, get on the pagan wagon. The in the rig, the barley rig, in the corn the rig, rig in the, the corn rig. Yeah. So, I could be kind of jumping around here a little bit, but I think what's going to happen because he knows about Rowan's. Now she's allegedly a rabbit. He's like, okay, she's a rabbit. I don't know what the fuck. I'm going to go to the goddamn school and see what's up and talk to the teachers and the kids. Seems like a solid plan till you get there. And he realizes they are learning the most awesome curriculum and he is <laughs> horrified, <laughs> but there, <laughs> I mean, so not, I love a lot of things about the, that scene, the school scene and all of that. Um, mostly I think it is my favorite song, the Maypole song. Okay. With the it's little very, yeah. British children bouncing around. It's very, it's almost it, kind of like, to me, it reminds me of like the, uh, there was no lady who swallowed a fly. She swallowed, you know, because he swallowed the fly, yeah. swallowed the fly, kind of thing in your life. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, there was the man who laid on the woman who had the seed, who had the boy, who had the man, and made the, yeah, did the whole thing, made a dying yeah. tree, the whole deal. <laughs> I love it. And it's like, because in my brain, I'm like, well, that totally makes sense. There's a person who grows up to, you know, be of a sexual age, does a sex act, meets another person, lives their life, dies, reborn again in the circle of, of life. Now he's a tree or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, makes sense, bro. I accept that. I, I accept that. <laughs> so you're saying again, the Lion King was just a retelling of the Wicker Man, is what you're saying in the Great Circle of Life. Yeah, they're basically the same film. Yes, they are. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Ah, aha. Uh-huh. 
You figured it out, Neil. I got it. <laughs> you hit the pin right you know, on the, the head. That yes. Disney man. <laughs> Those Disney oh. Imagineers. I got them figured out. Yeah. You were talking about the Wicker Man. Um, I love <laughs> I love a maypole. Maypoles are great. Um, you know, I hadn't ever really thought about the phallic part of it. So I did research that a little bit. And that's an interpretation. Some people do interpret the maypole to be um, you know, kind of a phallic thing like they do in the uh, in the movie. Some people are like, some folklorists and historians are like, no, it's just something nice people did in a community setting out in the sun when the, you know, the winter was finally over and they could kind of dance. And, you know, the people didn't have cable. So they did all kinds of stuff back back then. And I swear to God, when the COVID's over, I want to do a Maypole with all of you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we will do, do it. That. It's, Yeah. In honor of one year of COVID. <laughs> Free, yeah. But it's, um, I love that they made it a, a specially phallic symbol in the film because anything that horrifies um, Sergeant Howie, I'm down. I'm so down. Pick it on that poor guy. No, I just, Jeez. it's funny. Like everywhere he goes, he just gets like huffier and huffier. You know? He does. He like, does. Until he's like, he's like puffed up by the end of the film. Like, <laughs> he's going to, oh my God. Oh my God. In Big Trouble in Little China, he's the guy that keeps growing, growing. <laughs> and his fucking explodes in rage. <laughs> he is, um, I, he is the, the, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I love the um, the dialogue between he and the school teacher, um, you know, just kind of like she's she's really good at kind of playing this game that they're all doing with him, where they tell him just enough to kind of drive him a little batty. But they're also just kind of like they're like taking it, they're like dangling it and then they pull it away. And they definitely are enjoying the the shock and distaste that you know they're seeing from him uh it's fun up on the board i didn't catch all of them i should have paused and gone back but she has different stuff written up on the back on the blackboard like a hagstone and a toadstone and those are both um pagan things as well so that was just kind of a fun little touch like oh those are those are real things yeah yeah they're, they're really good at actually they give him the information typically in a very matter-of-fact way you know what I mean? What they do tell him, it's very like, oh, yeah, this is just the way it is, or here's this or that, you know, and he may have to coerce something, or in this case, from the school teacher, he has to grab the attendance book out the book. of the, you know, right. right out of the thing, but, and of course, and that's finds, the first time that he finds that the, the, the girl really does exist, because up until yes. that point, everyone tells him, no, there's, you know. Yeah. She's a hare. She was never there. I don't right. know. Yeah. Right. Right. He's dead. Exactly. Um, but which, yeah, and, yeah. And but then that and then of course that clues us all in that oh wait she really does exist. Aha! The plot thickens. They're, right. they're up to some kind of shenanigans, you know, or something. But you know, <laughs> they're acting all skeezy. Not acting like <laughs> it. You can't do it. Those skeezy <laughs> pagans. <laughs> and he is having none of that. So. <laughs> Um, what else did you guys think about the school teacher scene? Did you guys take anything else away from that? The school and the teacher? <sighs> I mean, I, I very much, I like that scene. Um, cause I mean, it was very clear, like, you know, the empty desk and then he gets the book and I mean, it makes you think like, Oh, okay. He's got, it. he's on to something. You know what I mean? It kind of like opens up a new yeah. chapter basically of his investigation. So 
for you know but then of course it you know as you know <laughs> to me that yeah. leads you to one of the best parts which is he then goes to summer isles you know to his whatever house his castle. lordship his lordship yes, yes. his lordship's estate um yes. yeah oh oh my gosh and that is like mm, chef, chef's kiss there it is <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful part of the movie. We meet our beloved Lord of the Summer Isle. Yes. Awesome. In a fantastic scene that is, uh, yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, there's it's got iconic. One the, yeah. It's got one of the best lines of a movie that I've heard in a long, in a long time. Granted, this movie is, was filmed in 1972, so it's been a number of years since the, yes. movie, the line was set, but it's got one of those wonderful lines. I'm sure you guys probably can guess that line. Perhaps? Yes, but I want you to say it. <laughs> you want me to say it? Okay. Let me make sure I say it correctly. Um, so he goes in there, and he finds Christopher Lee, and Christopher Lee does the whole... Th- he's like... Uh, how he's looking out the window, and he sees all the, the naked ladies jumping around the fire and everything, and Christopher Lee's like, oh, yeah, does it invigorate you to look at young people jumping around? And, of course, how he's like, no? What the hell, dude? That isn't... <laughs> <laughs> I, I just spanked one off last night against the wall. I'm fine, thank you. I'm fine. <laughs> so, I'm fine. Okay. Get off me. But uh, anyway, but, he, but, but yeah. So but he, he started. They started talking about. Uh, oh Jesus! What is the line? They go on about um, asking about what are you like, guys studying here or something, you know? And then he basically tells him though that he needs to. Um, let me find it. Let me find it. It's the best line. Something about. Uh, taking Justice. a seat because, oh. yeah, yeah, because shocks are so much better absorbed when the knees are bent. Yes, so, yes, fantastic yes, line. Because yes, yes. looking at this guy, it's like, all right, you're a straight laced dude. I mean, we, well, I mean, we find out later. You know, they know a lot more about him than we think they do. But he's like, you know, you're gonna want to sit down for this. <laughs> so, because here it comes, it's yeah. coming at you. Um. So I kind of hinted at, you know, talking about Christopher Lee earlier, you know, probably one of my favorite performances uh, of his career. Um, I love the way he's just, he's jovial, he's bright, he's very smart. Um, He tells, you know, the sergeant about the history of the island with his grandfather who was, you know, into alchemy and all this, you know, and then his his grandpa went there and then his dad stayed there for the love. And he doesn't really say what his motivation is for being the Lord of the Summer Isle. But I think it's somewhere in between. I think there's a part of him that enjoys this this leadership role in this kind of um, utopia they've created. Yep. I love that. There's that bit between them where uh, they're talking. And so how he's like, you know, he's like, what is this? I mean, you've got fake biology and fake religion. Have these children never heard of Jesus? And in some while, Christopher Lee's like himself, the son of virgin impregnated. I believe by a ghost. <laughs> like, you yes, know, like, yes. You know, exactly. Yeah. It's like um, he points out a, a yeah. hypocrisy there. Yes, of yeah. like the fantastical supernatural things you believe in are fine, but the way we believe in them is weird. Yeah, of yeah. course that's just part of the the genius of it. And there, there's in that right. conversation too. He says like, haven't the children ever heard of Christianity? Or maybe that was to the teacher. And he's and they say, well, as a comparative religion. 
And it's yeah. just, right. yeah, it's so, it's so good because you don't get to see that figure, this white man full of privilege, full of power and authoritarian figure being turned into the marginalized. And um, it's very empowering. It's very empowering to get to see him be the one that's kind of um, sputtering and confused and afraid and challenged, you know? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It's very good. Coming from coming from a heathen such as myself. <laughs> so Same. It is, yes. I'm a heathen. Yeah. <laughs> Are we heathens? High five. He- heathen. Heathen. So. Caleb, you're a heathen, aren't you, heathen? Heathen. No, I, I mean the thing is is like <laughs> I grew up in that Christian You grew up in that world. Re- yeah. Religion, you know, and and all the problems that I personally had with it, this movie brought up. I mean, you know, the whole virgin mary you know like impregnated by like i had a huge problem with that you know as a kid like right. that just did not make any sense you know um yeah so and people you know, are like just i turned faith. away from it when i was allowed to <laughs> and never went back obviously so um yeah i i loved that line neil um that you that you brought up earlier um i yeah. kind of went like Yes, <laughs> when he said it <laughs> about the the shock, the, 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 the you know, pregnant by a ghost from a virgin and pregnant yeah. oh, by a ghost. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that line spoke to me. <laughs> um, while we're on the on the topic of Christopher Lee, did either of you um, find any any Christopher Lee nuggets to share with us about about his time in the Wicker Man? The are we doing that all now or are we doing that at the end? I don't know. I'm asking. I was throwing <laughs> I was throwing it at you. I, I, I thought we were doing that all at the end. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I, I, we I mean, can. I mean, if you have a couple nuggets, Caleb, I guess, go ahead. I mean, if you yeah, want. Yeah, throw but, out a few. Otherwise, we're I mean, just going to info dump at the end. All right. Well, so I just um, yeah. throw out a few. She believed in this product so much that he did it for free. He was not paid. Um, he, uh, he paid for his own, um, like going out on the press junkets, the, the promotion tour. Um, he paid his own way cause there was no money in the budget to do it. And anyone that wanted to talk only about this movie, he would go and do it. And that's, it's amazing. I, th- I think that's believing in a product, you know, unfortunately the, <laughs> the movie didn't do <laughs> what he hoped it would but mm-hmm. um that's no fault of his own that's more the production company not believing in the film but um, absolutely yeah. they should have I, had I, some I, of that energy he, he did he did his part you know um yeah and and paid his own way and you're cool. you're hard pressed to find people willing to do that i think yeah. um in today's absolutely. world um, you know, and, and this movie, like we can talk more about the box office or whatever too. It's lived on as a huge beloved cult classic for sure. Um, yeah. and it's spurned, you know, like celebrations on the real summer aisle and, you know, it's become a little bit of a little, you know, tourist destination and stuff. So it's, you know, his hard work and everything, it kind of ripples on, you know, it lives on for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. f- from the stuff that I saw in the research, this, this is Christopher Lee. This is one of his favorite roles that he did. Yeah. yeah. So, and then, and then, yeah. And he was, you know, he definitely believed in it. Part of it being, he wanted to kind of get out of the hammer 
you know, canon that he was in and kind of move on to something else. So he found this as a completely opposite type of role for him to absorb, obviously, and become what's obviously huge, you know, because I mean, it was, as you guys know, I mean, granted, it's in one way you could say it was the heavy maybe of the film another way you could say it was not actually so it's it's a absolutely it's a duplicitous yeah. role perhaps, right. depending on who right. you are good. so i'm proud of you that was a really good you like word. that one okay i'm done bye <laughs> <laughs> well in a way it made me think of sean connery and zardoz where he's trying Totes. to break out of this role that he's famous for and you know willing mm-hmm. to do pretty much anything you know i mean sean connery took a big pay cut you know to do zardoz yeah christopher lee did this for free just to get away from what they're known for right Um, yeah it speaks to their craft and to the you know how serious they took their their work yeah Yeah. i mean i i wonder if there's any like did christopher lee say okay you know any if there's any back end or any you know back loaded stuff in a contract with this that he was expecting to get so you can defer that 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 payment you know or, or not i mean i don't know you know, yeah. but that was something I, I, I could not find anything that said that specifically. But it's kind of what it sounded like sometimes. Right. I, I wouldn't think that he would just do it for free and pay his own way to you know, <laughs> travel across the pond and, you know, go to the United <laughs> States. And, you know, yeah, <laughs> just I agree. Interviews, yeah. Not thinking that, you know, he wouldn't get his money back. But, yeah, um, you know, but still good on him. There's certain a night there's an idealized thing that he did there which is really cool um i love the way his home is decorated um lots and lots of antlers which is another kind of pagan easter egg you see the antlers the horned gods and different um forms of deities and different paganism um all over the world but especially in europe uh, over in in that neck of the woods there's Cernonos, who is a gaelic deity of you know, representing like um, the wilds, animals, fertility. And that was kind of cool, like to see those everywhere. It was like, yet again, like when you know, you know, and it's like, I see what you're doing there. I see that. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to, so Christopher Lee, basically, or Summerisle, what's it called? Lord, Lordship? Lord Summerisle. His Lordship. Lordship, yeah. Lord Summerisle. Basically yeah. says, so, uh howie says hey man i want to i want to dig up <laughs> the girl you know who is supposedly buried in the in the graveyard there and he's like yeah man fine you know we're we're religious people we don't murder each other you know we're, we're deeply you know involved in our religion and he's like okay great so he digs her up right with the guy and finds basically finds there's a rabbit in her a hair in her casket a hair sorry I shouldn't have said a rabbit because yeah. they it's make not that a point. Silly it's rabbits. A, it's not it's a, a rabbit. Hair. Hairs are hair. for Yeah, no. So it's another it's wonderful uh, pagan symbol of rebirth and fertility. There too, the hair, the rabbit. The hair, of course. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know that's why we have them on Easter. Is that's another absorbed that's thing a good point. that Christianity yes. sunk its fangs into and said, "Give me that," because it. What is? You know, oh, go ahead. What is the difference between a rabbit and a hair? I think they're structurally different. Like I think hairs are larger. I think they're longer. I think their ears are longer. Um, I've I've owned a rabbit. My beloved buttons, rest in power, buttons. But um, yeah, thank you. No, we don't do that here. No, I'm just <laughs> Praise Lord Summer Isle. Um, <laughs> Praise Lord. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Caleb knows. Caleb. <laughs> 
Hares tend to be larger than rabbits with longer hind legs and longer ears with black markings. While rabbit fur stays the same color year round, hares change color from brown or gray in the summer to white in the winter. That's basically what I said. So good job. That's exactly what she said. <laughs> Jeez, Caleb, why are you just repeating what she said already? Yeah, it's basically. Thanks what for I wasting said. our time. Because she said, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, no, that's totally. I was like, but I mean, there's, you look at that one, you know, like one's a hair and one's a rabbit. If you looked at them in a lineup, you'd be like, that's a hair, that's, that's a rabbit for sure. Yeah. In a lineup. In a lineup. And they, they've all Move stolen in. chocolate candies. <laughs> exactly. And they couldn't shift their little noses. They're so cute. I love them. Um, and and the, and the and the rabbit factors into the to the resurrection of Christ. How? Well, that's it exactly. It has nothing to do with it. But just you know, they needed to get all of the the pagan gentry, the urchins, uh, the working folk. You know, the church needed them to get on board, so they would you know kind of absorb like all of their traditions and you know beliefs and stuff, and be like, oh yeah, like we have that too. We totally have that. So it's like the same. Like if you come over here and sit with us and give us like your money, um, we, we basically have that. You're not going to miss it. We have that. Okay. Got it. That's verbatim what they said. Merchandising. Exactly. <laughs> Wicker man, right. the lunchbox. Wicker man, the flamethrower. A hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so I love it though when okay. So when Howie goes back to Summerall's house with the dead, the hair, right, and just freaking throws it onto the rug where they're sitting there singing a song, or whatever, and like yeah. neither of them cares whatsoever that he just lobbed the dead freaking hair rabbit no. nope. <laughs> at nope. them, and it's just sitting there plop. And the and the and then the 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 teacher, she's just sitting there like right next to it, like la 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 la, like keeps talking next Drinking to the dead from animal. Her chalice. Yep. Yes, and she does not care at all. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just, I don't know, it's just hysterical on some rounds. It's just like, my good man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, they knew he blah. was going to pull so. some shenanigans. They knew it. So they're like, ah, he should be coming back any minute now, you know, like. They Lobbing say, dead rabbits at us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they're not surprised. They're not surprised. Oh, man. Okay. So then, <laughs> so May Day comes around. Finally, right? He's been warned, get off the island, you know, get away. He tries to go back, but of course his plane is not no worky. Something happened to his his air, his seaplane couldn't take off to go get more coppers to bring him over. Yeah. And God, just again, the audacity and how I'm disgusted by him. He's like, I'm going to go and I'm going to get back up and I'm coming back here and you're all getting arrested. And it's like, <laughs> the fuck, dude? Like, I mean, really? Like, okay, I know. bro. And Christopher Lee's like, yeah, man, do whatever you got to do. That's that's good. Whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> I know it's hysterical. I love how I always say coppers. Go get the coppers. <laughs> Go get more yes. coppers. So. And he says it with such a beautiful disdain. Yes. Beautiful. Wonderful. Anyway, um, so, then, so, yeah. then, so then how he, he's going around house to house. He's like, I'm going to find this girl. I know she's here somewhere. I'm going to find Rowan. Yeah, he's like, I'm going into all your fucking houses. I'm going to disappear shit. And it's like, again, the goal of this man. And it's like, oh, okay, sure, 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 sure. Um, He sees some stuff. He sees some some things. (laughs) 
And, yeah. And he sees a woman in a very tiny bathtub. Yes. Hilariously who, small. Who sort of invites him in. <laughs> yeah. She's like, hey, I've got room in my tiny tub for one I more. mean, she kind of goes like, <gasps> and then she goes, <laughs> just sort of leans back and like smiles. So, okay. She's like, you're that, you're that douchebag cop. That's right. <laughs> so that, that woman is the librarian. So, oh, really? I see. I didn't even catch she's, that. Yes. So she's the librarian. <laughs> I didn't and, even notice that. <laughs> um, she basically, there's a much bigger part that was written for her where she tries to do a whole seduction thing with him as well. She actually gets mm. up, she exposes her full body to him. It was filmed, but of course, didn't make it into that, you know, to the film. But there's pictures of it. Um, uh, yeah. And it's, I mean, so it's a whole thing that, you know, they cut down to just like, Huh? You know, kind of right. like thing where she's like, "Oh, hello." But, you know. He had another um, temptation they were throwing out at him to yes, test right. his, his metal, no doubt. Just to double um, down on his exactly on his mental toughness, his uh, his Christianity prowess, if you will. So, <laughs> like, what level Christian are you? Um, are you like a level ten or like a level twelve? Um, yes. And he's going house to house and he's everybody's getting ready for the big um, procession and celebration, which um, processions were something people did on May Day, uh, followed by a big feast. Um, kind of fun. The people's costumes that they all share with him. Uh, John Barleycorn, that's a folkloric figure from uh, British mythologies, um, just basically is a story about the importance of the harvest. Uh, the chemist is the salmon of knowledge, which is an Irish myth as well. Um, little things like that I thought was cute. The hobby horse, too, that's um, an association with an old fertility rite in the UK. So some kind of more fun little Easter eggs in there. Yes. Yeah, no, it was... It was crazy. It was great. Wonderful. So he's, um, so he's, cha- when he's chasing everything, all the different, the, what is it, the horse? Well, that's like a dragon hobby horse that you got going on with that one. Oh, a dragon. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's got, with his little clack, clack, and he like clack, runs clack, on yeah. the water. Clack, clack. Yeah. So it's so cute. So cute. Chasing that guy all over town, trying to. Trying to find out, you know, what the heck they're doing. And he over he hears them, I guess, talking about their okay, we're gonna come back at three o'clock and we're gonna march to the beach, blah, 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 kind of thing. So but he goes he so he goes back. I guess technically that's what day two, I guess, right? When he go and he goes back to the yes. green the green man in or whatever it is and yes. to take to take his nap. Take his nap, like yes. half an hour or whatever I'm, it was. I'm going to lay down for half hour, and then I'm going to continue to spoil your fun. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have now to give recharge. Me a <laughs> it's my impression of Howie. So, and then they give him. Okay, so they give him the they give him the hand that's got the fingers lit. Is that a thing, Sandra? You know? That is a thing. That is a thing, my friend. Oh, that please. is a hand of glory. Ah. Which should be like my man, my magician stage name, Hand of Glory, <laughs> coming to Vegas, twenty twenty three. So, a Hand of Glory is a candle uh, that is made from the fat of a hanged man, somebody who's been executed on the gallows. Um, so, you make a candle out of that, and it has like some different magical powers, purportedly uh, different stories about makes people freeze in place, uh, it can make people turn invisible, or it can put people to sleep in a dreamlike spell. And that's kind of what they, you know, 
her and her dad are kind of like whispering about yeah. is this should like knock him out. So that was another fun little thing like up oh, hand of glo- hand of glory. I missed one too. And that's the little children marching through the streets with their poppets mm-hmm. saying, we carry death out at the village. There's lots of different accounts of, of that sort of thing of, of the urchins uh, dressing up a poppet or a doll of some kind and, you know, ceremoniously carrying ill out of the village. So, and we let the kids do it. We let the kids do it. Wow. Okay. So, okay. That's real. Okay. It's, it- it's interesting because what if it again? What if it worked and it put him to sleep? Then he wouldn't get up, and I don't know. <laughs> then they would just then they would just drag him probably down to the you know wicker man and say, "Hey, you're you're gonna be in there now." <laughs> right? Shh, you're still sleeping. It's just a dream. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, this is all a dream, Sergeant Halley. It's fine. <laughs> but um, I think they came up with some contingency plans, you know, in case. If this happens, then we want to have this backup. And if this happens, we need to have this backup. So like Sandra, they, they can tell right away that it's not the landlord as the fool. They're like, it's fucking Howie. <laughs> right. Oh, no, no question. So, Sandra, serious question from Todd okay. in the chat. The glory hand, how is that related to the glory hole? How is it related to the glory hole? <laughs> yes. Um because if you want to plug up the hole, you just stick the hand in it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. And then you light it from the other end and the spectator <laughs> then falls asleep. So whatever comes through the hole, you light on fire is what you're saying. So Light, light it up. Light it up. Okay. Light, light, light it up on fire. They do. They have a cream. They have a cream for that. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I've heard about the cream. <laughs> Oh, another little fun one that you see uh, on a corpse in the movie is the coins on the eyes. We see that especially, you know, in Greek culture where it's to pay the ferryman. And um, that's, you know, kind of the idea is when people die to put the coins on their eyes or under their tongue, you know, so they can pay in the afterlife for their transport into the next world. I also found a fun thing that said they used to do that to keep the eyes from springing open too. <laughs> oh, jeez! <laughs> Cause you know, sometimes bodies like the mouth hangs open and the eyes pop yep. open and they do all kinds of shit. Those rascally corpses. It, yeah. It's actually more common than not that a corpse's mouth will in fact open up when, when you die. Yeah. Yeah. Your they mouth, put little your, things in it. Your eyes don't close shut. nicely and your mouth doesn't say closed. It's more like a, <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of thing, so. it's real attractive <laughs> yeah no it is it's, what's, it, what's yeah. it like again neil it's kind of like a <laughs> so. yeah. oh okay yeah. i would say for, that's you pretty the, accurate. for those of you in the podcast that is a head tilt eyes open mouth slack jawed and tongue hanging out neil, <laughs> neil i dare say you've been a corpse before because you did a really good impression of one did you like that thank you he was I, really I, good i have been accused in my love making of being a corpse so we'll that would be it that would, that would be, be it. it yes did you learn all your love making <laughs> prowess from sergeant hallie who was like yeah. it was more from um faces of death actually i learned most of it so <laughs> somewhere between the two your formative years yeah exactly so yeah. perfectly normal in the 80s sandra it was normal then <laughs> <laughs> that's what we did learning about sex and death all at the same time I love it. <laughs> aren't they the same thing are you telling me they're not wait a minute very similar we'll explain it to you later 
Okay, please do. <laughs> we don't have the time. I heard once you have your first orgasm, that's the end of your life. You just kind of expire. So, <laughs> yes. Okay, we'll talk about it later. Okay. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it when Thank you're older. You. The little yes. death. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Uh, so, for some reason, the <laughs> the hand of glory does not work on Howie. No, because he because he's out. like, yeah, because he's like, yeah, and like springs into action and is like, I'm gonna hold my breath and then I'm gonna tie up the landlord guy because I'm, you know, yes. I'm basically James Bond. It's his, <laughs> Pretty much, it's his, it's his sergeant training. <laughs> yes, all of that training comes back all, to him. In it an all instant. kicks in. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> this is training. what I've been waiting years for. He he channels all of that sexual frustration into this plan <laughs> but it's hilarious because they're already like we thought you might do that <laughs> right so he so he takes the the landlord's costume which is of course is the costume of the jester the fool the fool yeah and he joins them on their parade to the beach basically doing his little dance and like i said they because he has no fucking rhythm i'm not saying a lot of people in that procession did have rhythm but they knew right away they're like oh yeah how he did that thing we thought he was going to do and he took the costume didn't he that's totally howie yeah totally and he's like he's really bad at it and like even christopher lee's like come on man (laughs) get back into it yeah it's so good yep you call that dancing (laughs) christopher lee um you know it's so funny because they don't really make him look like a woman per se (laughs) they make him look like some sort of a goth teenager boy (laughs) He has like the long straight black yep. wig and then just like white, like grease paint. And they're like, that's a woman. I don't know what you're talking about. You, you've clearly never seen a woman because that's a woman right there. It's women. Do. See, I, I sort of like went like, oh, so that's what young Saruman looked like. Neil, that's a yeah, lo- that was. Yes, Neil, that's a Lord that of the Rings it. joke. <laughs> when he was at um when he was at like um wizard college when he was in hogwarts <laughs> yeah, with gandalf was in hogwarts yeah exactly <laughs> i thought he looked only like- he wasn't oh he wasn't a slytherin though he was actually like a hufflepuff but he's just dressed <laughs> like that <laughs> well harry potter you guys are saying words but i'm hearing just sounds <laughs> hufflepuff and southern words and sounds <laughs> Click, click, clack, clack. So, <laughs> so, he, so how he's on his way, thinking he's going to find Rowan is a sacrifice. That's what he figures. Okay, they're going to sacrifice this girl. I'm going to catch them red-handed. I'm going to stop it. I'm going to get the girl. So <laughs> they get there, finally. And, of course, actually, Rowan is there. And he's like, right. holy crap, His Rowan. there. And he's like, I'm done. I'm. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I don't want to get ahead because there's that cool scene. Well, they do the whole um, the six swords to or make whatever. the pentagram. They to, yeah, they gotta they gotta put yes. their heads in the I'm, sword. Every person has yeah. to go in. That's a really they cool make a, scene. Yeah, they make a six pointed star. That's really yes. fun because you know they're obviously this is revelry. They're just they're having a good time. They're going through the motions, this ritual, this celebration, and of course it's this big shock when it's the hair and you think, you know, they're really dead and how he's like, Oh my God, I'm so ready. And, and, and it's, <laughs> and it's Rowan and everyone's like, it's Rowan. And you as the audience, you're like, Oh my God, this really was just like a good natured parade through the streets. <laughs> like It was. Yeah, no, absolutely. So like, yeah, right. he, of course, good old Howie being the 
freaking boy scout that he Dun- is. Dudley do right that he is. Man of action. <laughs> yep. He's he like, takes come off, on, man. Rowan. And she um, goes along with it and kind of leads him. Oh, we go this way. Oh, we go that way. Leads him on this, you know, chase, basically, um, you know, until we get to the other side. And she's so cute. She's like, did I do a good job? And <laughs> yep. They're like, you did great, honey. She's so adorable. Um, really quickly, because we kind of, when they were doing their little ritual part, they talk about their two kind of gods they reference, which um, this is kind of an interesting part where they threw a bit of fiction into it because they reference Nuada and they say that's like the sun deity. But Nuada is actually a a king in Irish mythology that's part of a race of um, a supernatural race of gods. So that was kind of a borrowed name that they kind of fudged a little bit. And then um, Avalano, I can, I I don't know exactly how to pronounce that, but they say that's like their orchard goddess. That is, um, that was something that the writer made up because that was a word that's derived from the Gaelic word or Druid word uh, for apple trees. So they were like, oh, we'll kind of take that and, and fudge it to, you know, fit this. And I thought that was kind of cool because in a way they didn't really defame any actual like pagan religions in that kind of way. Cause they were like, you know, it's kind of like, it reminded me of in the craft, like how they have Mano, who's not a real god. You know, it's like, we made this part up. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Huh. It gets deep, man. It gets deep. <laughs> I got you for that. I got you. <laughs> you got, thank you. God bless you, Sandra. Yes. <laughs> Summer Isle bless you, Sandra. Summer so. Isle. Yeah, that's, <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to talk about the end of this movie, you okay, guys. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Yes. So, of course, long story short, too long, didn't read. This was all the <laughs> setup. We got Howie to the island because he hits, he checks a lot of boxes we need for this right because the crops failed last year and we need a sacrifice. Um, Howie protests. Suddenly he's a man of science and not a man of God and is talking about how things didn't fail for scientific reasons. And he says, you know, he's trying to turn the crowd and he's like, you know, it's going to be you somewhere else next year. They're going to come for you. And very interestingly, you watch Christopher Lee in this scene and I, I don't know that he actually believes in any of this. I think that he likes to keep the people happy he likes to have, like I said, he has his beautiful fiefdom utopia. But I don't think he actually believes any of this, but he needs to do these things to have control of the people. Hmm. And if you watch his face in this scene, I, I challenge you to tell me what he really thinks. Because I'm okay. not sure. Um, regardless, how he's getting in the wicker man. <laughs> and he's and he's like i am a martyr for jesus i'll get in the wicker man <laughs> up he goes well, sandra no i i like that a lot i'm gl- very glad you said that because i yeah i don't know either uh, you know ultimately i mean you know he he offers beer to the ocean i mean he then ale, he, yeah. ale yes and then he yeah. i mean a hair a rabbit <laughs> ale beer but then he uh <laughs> Basically, yeah. Then he's, you know, you're right, though. I mean, I don't, does he believe it or not? I don't know. But like you said, he's, does he just want to maintain that, you know, status that quo, status, that control? 
over the island by just saying he's like your your crops are gonna fail next year also and then they're gonna burn you and he's just he's like, like they will not, not fail they won't fail yeah so he's very confident um there's so many different ways to interpret the end of this movie um i mean because you could see it as howie the good strong christian sticking to his guns martyr for his cause you right. could see the pagans you know kind of living up to their cause um, you could see Samurail. Is he just trying to keep everybody happy and to, you know, keep the the myth and, and the joy going because he loves this place and he loves these people? Um, when I sit back and look at it and I see him ranting and raving in The Wicker Man and I see the pagan people swaying and singing their songs, <laughs> yeah. I personally just see two separate groups of zealots. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're both, they're both just trying to hold the party line and stick to their guns and their faith. And I kind of sit back and look at it and I'm like, well, y'all are fucking crazy. All y'all. <laughs> like, um, it's so just different ways of looking at it. There's the cool little exchange I like between um, Willow and the librarian and and Howie before they right before they put him in where basically like willow willow who's the landlord's daughter um says you know we needed a man who would come here of his own free will and the librarian says a man who would come here with the power you know of of a king by representing the law you know and then a man who would be here as a virgin and they're like, they're like you know a man who would come here as a fool basically because yeah. you think you're freaking all that and you're the you know yeah. and you got and you're the you got the power of a king because of your Christianity beliefs and your in your policeman stuff. So you know what? You're the perfect person to shove in that thing. Yeah. So, you're it the, was, no, it's just, <laughs> yep. It's perfect. And lines. that's no, it, absolutely. That dialogue is gold. <laughs> it is. <laughs> absolutely gold. Um the fool is um is a character in the tarot deck as well. Like he's the first card in the major arcana of the tarot and the fool typically represents starting out on a journey, new beginnings. Um, it can also represent naivety, taking a leap of faith. Um, also not looking before you leap. <laughs> um, hmm. and it's just really interesting when you think of the fool in this film as the fool in the tarot deck, look into that, put that one on your mind grapes too. Interesting. Yeah, see how that evens out. And where I where I uh, very much respect Edward Woodward for his acting chops, and and this point is at the end when he when he realizes what's going to happen, and then just the sheer terror and the oh Jesus Christ oh, and he just goes into this big bellowing you know thing. It's just like you know it was really it was really good, really moving. He's a great actor, and I mean the fact that his character you know, like annoys and grosses me out so much is a testament <laughs> to his commitment to mm-hmm. the role. Like he's, he's great. Yes. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. How do you guys interpret the end of the film? Cause obviously I've said kind of my ways is that basically all religions kind of nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for me, it's, I, I'm on, I'm kind of more on your wavelength. So, oh. I mean, Kayla's been around when I've gotten some really <laughs> heated arguments with our some of our friends who are on the other side of the of the, of the ocean who believe in deeply in um, the whole you know Jesus Christ dying for your sins and on everything oh, shit, in there. Yeah, you know we've I've got I've gotten to a screaming match once or twice with this one particular person. Um, 
So, um, yeah, I'm more on your side where I typically, you know, I, I believe in myself and what I think what I, what I do, uh, onto others is how, you know, I want it done into myself kind of, you know, that whole thing. Reciprocity. Yeah. Basically, you know, I think you should live your life as a good person and do good for people wherever you can. But likewise, I don't think that I should burn in hell because I don't necessarily believe in something. So (laughs) exactly. And it's interesting how so many different religious and, and practices, you know, they have their rituals and they have their things to do to, you know, unite people and to make them feel like they're part of something and part of a community. And, um, that can be so good and so beautiful, or it can also be really bad. And it's interesting. This movie shows how it's almost, it's kind of doesn't matter, but if you belong to, you know, kind of these organizations, arguably cults in so many different senses that you'll kind of do things because you think it's right. And that could reflect on Christianity or any religious belief. Yeah. Caleb, you know, for me, religion always boils down to control. It's just a way to control people, you know, to, 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 to get them to live their life a, a certain way. Um, to, to just go along and, and get them to do what needs to be done. Um, including taking your money. uh, That, that (laughs) is part of it. Absolutely. Um, part of it is power, you know? Um, and, and so I, I didn't necessarily agree with Howie or the pagans in this movie, you know, like you, Sandra, they're all, in my opinion, they're all kind of wrong. Uh, in this case, it, it ends up that the pagans win because there's strength in numbers. You know, like if they had gone off their island and, you know, gone into Scotland or, you know, into England, you know, they would have been like <laughs> wiped out immediately. You know, oh, yeah. The, I mean, all the yeah. Christians there, were, you know, but, you know, they had sort of stacked the deck so that... <laughs> You there know, is they, something they yeah all the power and and so therefore they won you're totally right there's a there's a there's a thing of the tables being turned a little bit not to say that christians haven't and still aren't persecuted for their beliefs and haven't been before but um arguably pagans of all different shades have kind of gotten it worse uh <laughs> looking at you all you different witch trials and everything <laughs> and in this one it's kind of like when we were talking earlier about the marginalized figure is the one being kind of terrorized and it's kind of a little bit of like um i don't want to say eye for an eye type of but it's like well they're kind of taking one back (laughs) (laughs) after so many have been done to them yeah yeah yep you know all right talk to me tell me things well i know okay so caleb what do you want to where are we doing our uh, long so go ahead all right any um, bitch you want to throw in there whoa. about the making of? Whoa! whoa. Hey, Caleb. Hi. <laughs> we just got Caleb's house. <laughs> um. So I, you know, my task was set issues and production woes, and I know we're running pretty long, so I'm not sure. Uh, how Do how just go. How, how deep you want to? Because this is could be kind of long, but um. So Britt Eklund, who played Willow, was pregnant during the shoot and only agreed to be filmed from the waist up uh, during the naked dance segment. 
Um, oh. a, a body double was brought in after she left to film the butt shot, <laughs> the backside shot. Uh, but she was not aware of this. Um, and to this day, it is said that Eklund will not autograph any stills of her backside uh, because it isn't her. Wow, that's cool. Um, Interesting. Should I go through all of this? Because I really do have a lot. Well, yes, do it. All right. Or you can pick and choose if you want, whatever you think is appropriate. Um, So Rod Stewart launched an attempt to block the release uh, when he learned that his then-girlfriend, Britt Eklund, appeared naked in the movie. Um, an An unnamed source countered, if you want my body and you think I'm sexy, she will remain in the film. To which Stuart replied, hey, that's catchy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, so during the filming, this is supposed to take place in, in the spring, but it was actually October and November uh, in Scotland and it was freaking cold. So they actually glued on leaves and, and blossoms to some of the trees to make it look more spring-like uh they also imported some trees in um to to make it look you know more more springy um let's see uh director robin hardy i don't know if we said that who the director was during any of this anyway this movie was directed by robin hardy (laughs) uh the cinematographer was Harry Waxman, um, and they disagreed frequently during filming. Hardy didn't like that Waxman didn't like Waxman personally, and was frustrated that Waxman was forced on him by the production company British Lion. Ooh! Um, while filming was taking place, British Lion was bought by EMI Films. Um. According to scriptwriter Anthony Schaefer, the heads of British Line declared the film unsellable after screening it. The company, the company's advertising executives were appalled by the movie's ending and wanted screenwriter uh, Schaefer and director Hardy to reshoot the scene, suggesting a sudden rainstorm, which would douse the Wicker Man flames and save Sergeant Howie's life. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, fuck, no. (laughs) um the negative and outtakes of the movie were stored in a vault uh in shep shepperton studios after the company was purchased by new owners they ordered the vault to be cleared all of the old uh be cleared of all of the old material the vault manager accidentally put the negatives uh which had just arrived from the lab with the ones that were to be destroyed and they were incinerated. What? Um, bu- 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 it was suggested that the band Magnet smoke pot to get into the mood, but ended up laughing so hard that they couldn't play their instruments. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cute. That's really cute. Oh, there goes my beer. What was left of it? <laughs> oh, 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 dear. <laughs> Continue. Continue. Um, Let's see. It was suggested, uh, sorry, I already read that one. While in the structure, the goat above Edward Woodward's uh, head peed on him because it was so scared during the the burning. Poor Um, goat. And then finally, this is something that Neil found. um, 
I know, Neil. That we thought were kind of interesting. So this was written by uh, Peg Cutland. And Peg was the um, nurse um, for the entire production of The Wicker Man. Right. Okay. So she says, um, and I apologize, the script on this is a little wonky, but <laughs> we'll okay. uh, I answered an advert for a trained nurse to work on location for the filming of The Wicker Man. I had no previous experience of nursing on films, so it was with butterflies in my stomach that I found myself rubbing shoulders with Edward Woodward, Britt Eklund, Christopher Lee, and the supporting cast. At the beginning of November, filming took place at Castle Kennedy. The ground was hard with frost. I soon discovered that my main duty seemed to be dishing out aspirins first thing in the morning. Accidents were minor. Edward Woodward stubbed a toe when he was in his bare feet on a freezing beach at Burrow Head. That caused a great flap. It could have meant having to hold back on filming and losing money, which apparently they did not have much of. I spent a sleepless night before the burning of the wicker man, um, before the wicker man there. A stunt man was to jump from the burning effigy. I was glad to see an ambulance appear before the performance. All was well. Most of my time was spent sitting in a bus. When the filming was in Creetown, I had the luxury of a seat in the Elegowan Hotel Lounge. I was paid five pounds per day plus my meals, but occasionally I was used as an extra. Don't ask me why, but I am to be seen in the film watering a grave um, in the churchyard. Yes. I, re- I received an extra three pounds on the occasions when I was filmed. My nursing experience was used when I was asked to put a stump bandage on an old lady's arm. This was really (laughs) spooky. After the bandage had been applied, they put her in a coffin with pennies over her eyes. We talked about this earlier. We did. Uh, I kept poking her to make sure that she had not had a heart attack. (laughs) It was all quite an It was all quite an experience. My eldest grandson informs us that it is now a cult film. At his wedding two years ago, I was surrounded by young men from London who wanted to meet his famous granny, Peg Cutland. That's such a cute story. Oh, my God. I totally love her role of watering the grave. Uh, that was awesome. I think she's uh, watering a tree that's been planted there. In the grave, uh, yeah. More so than just a grave. But, um, yeah. There's some interesting, wow. uh, the, the woman uh, nursing a baby while holding an egg. Uh, Fertility symbols. Yeah. 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 So. Um, I should also throw in there. I did some research on the Wicker Man as a thing, and all ancient peoples, including the Druids and all the ones from the Bible and everybody, they were always sacrificing people. And <laughs> like, you'll be hard pressed to find an ancient culture that wasn't sacrificing somebody. Um, the Wicker Man itself, it's debated if that was actually used as a vehicle to sacrifice humans or not. It could right. have been, or it could have been just burned in effigy. Um, 
the Romans, you know, they were conquering and they're like, these people are crazy. They put somebody in a big man and they light it on fire. But it's like, were you saying that for reals or were you just saying that because you wanted them to look like really savage? So I don't know. Yeah, I, I read some that, things that yeah. said that it might have been um, actually Julius Caesar that yes, yes. started this rumor of, you know, them burning people in a wicker man. Yes. Um, and I love it. I love that it is at this point ancient gossip about, you know, <laughs> right? like these people we want to take over and we want to conquer them. But it's cool because they're savages. They don't know what's up. Yeah. 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 Dang. All right. Um, So I have a few more tidbits. Tidbits. To go through tidbits. We're running long, but you know what? It's okay. This movie deserves it. Give us tidbits. Tidbits. Okay. Free drinks. (laughs) Free (laughs) drinks. No free drinks. Free drinks. Okay. We demand free drinks. (laughs) Um, uh, Like Caleb mentioned, uh, EMI had purchased uh, British Lion. Uh, So the head dude over there, basically Michael Dealey kind of said, you know, this film's kind of whacked. So, you know, we're going to take this thing and somehow I'm going to figure a way to make this more marketable. So he took it over to our good buddy, Roger Corman, who of course we all know and said, Hey Roger, do you want to release this thing in the United States? If so, what needs to be done to it in order for you to do so? So Roger apparently said, you know what? You need to cut out like 13 minutes or so of this film then I can show it in all the drive-ins and everything. And so Michael Dealey thinking, okay, that's a good idea because then Roger will take the movie and we'll get U.S. distribution. And then even more importantly, I can take it back to Britain and then I can show it as a double feature with the other film that British Lion did that we also now own called Don't Look Now, which of course we know about that movie. So What? So he figured he can make a double feature of Don't Look Now and The Wicker Man, which can you imagine watching those films together? (laughs) That'd be fucking rad. That would be cult show front row. We're like we're like singing and dancing and having a good time. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. when the film when the cult film series comes back, we know we're doing it. We're fucking doing it. Talking about spanking one off against a wall. I mean, you show those two movies together. It will be like boom. A lot. It'll be a lot. It'll be a whole lot. Yeah. It'll be a lot of black light that night. (laughs) No, don't don't bring out the black light. Do not. (laughs) Anyway, um, okay, so Roger Corman ended up not not buying the film, believe it or not, but Dealey still went and took those suggestions and and did that cut of the film, which is what basically gives you that 87-minute theatrical cut that we are discussing right now. Um, There are several other cuts of the film that um, are out there in one form or another. The second being a 94-minute cut that basically incorporates um, more of the... I can't remember now if it is more of the version... It came out in 1977, by the way, because Robin Hardy said he moved to the United States after this film failed. He's like, screw you guys in the UK. I'm going to the States. You pissed me <laughs> off. And he, he the film was shown a couple of times at like uh, test screenings in San Diego and in Atlanta, and the people apparently saw it and loved it, but yeah. it never really got like a full theatrical release here. So mm-hmm. he said, you know what, I'm going to see if I can get the the, uh, the gang back together, uh, which was the original producer and the screenwriter and Christopher Lee, and go and try and find some of that original footage and recut the film. And they did, and they found some more footage, I mean, the 94-minute cut, and re- released it basically in 1977 in the United States. Wow. Um, that cut was therefore, I think, made its way onto a Lionsgate uh, Blu-ray release eventually. Um, 
And there's also a 99-minute cut of the film, which exists, which incorporates more of... Basically, there's stuff uh, from that was cut out originally from Christopher Lee and uh, Howie on the island talking about apples and going into a greenhouse and how you make all the apples and everything. That makes sense, because if you see the original theatrical cut later in that scene where Howie and Christopher Lee are walking together, Howie's eating an apple. He's eating pieces of an apple. So it probably comes from that scene earlier yes. in the greenhouse where he's talking about how we make our apples and my grandfather and the whole thing even more. That's like their big um, export is apples. Exactly. So right. there's also some stuff from the mainland that was cut out that does more, it's more exposition basically. It talks about how he and his, uh, you know, his religiousness, <laughs> his Christianity basically. And the fact that he doesn't have sex before marriage and there's scenes in a church and uh, Jake's making his appearance. You got to have Jake in the show. I love him <laughs> um, so much. But you have, he's grabbing my chair. He's trying to come <laughs> over. Okay. Um, so you got you got the mainland stuff between also the police officers uh, in, are making fun of Howie in some scenes right. as well and about the fact that he is such a devout Christian and won't have relations with a young lady, his right. fiance, basically, before he's married. So there's a lot of stuff that happens right. before in the mainland. Not a lot. There's some stuff in the mainland that happens beforehand, before he gets over there. Um Anyway, so all that is included in the 99-minute cuts. Now, when you go online and you look at other things, there's, there's a lot of different times. It's kind of funny because there's the 87-minute theatrical cut, which sometimes you might see it listed as 88 minutes. And then there's a 94-minute cut, which might be listed as 95 minutes. And then there's wow. a 99-minute cut that might be listed as 100 minutes or even a little bit more. And I think, I think that has to do with the fact that there's the PAL versus the NTS, NTSC versions between right. the United States and the England that when you, you know, there's the one frame difference basically. And when you add up those one frame per minute for entire length of film, it probably adds another minute or two possibly, you know, to that movie. So that's probably where those discrepancies are coming wow. from. Um, so just so you guys know, I was so goddamn curious to know what the 99 minute film looked like. I tracked it down and found a, a DVD available on eBay and I bought it. So, oh my god! Dude, we're supposed to get it hopefully like in like two weeks or so. When we do, we're gonna watch it and we're gonna come back and report to you guys about the differences, so we can actually see what the difference is. This so, is so exciting because wow, this is the only version cool. I've ever seen. Is the one I know, we were right? Well, about. You can't, yeah, yeah. It's hard to get the other ones, I guess. Except Good that job, 90, the, Ned. <laughs> muchas gracias. But the um, <laughs> the uh, the ninety four minute one, I guess, is more easily available because it's a more recent release, apparently. But Anyway, um, okay. Popular culture. How does the Wicker Man, how did it fare in popular culture? Um, and there were some pretty cool things that happened because of this film. Because as you know, we obviously quite like this film, but so do other people, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, classic, cult classic. Yes. So uh, there was, uh, in 1992, there was an album uh, called Souls at Zurg by Northern California band, believe it or not, all called Neurosis. Which features which features <laughs> features a Wicker Man <laughs> effigy on the cover um, as nice. an homage to the film. Um, of course, there's Iron Maiden, right? The infamous British metal band that did an actual Wicker Man song in what 2000, I think that was. Um, in May of 2016, Radiohead released a music video song uh, called "Burn the Witch," which uh, I guess was made in stop motion animation and has a storyline that's basically very much kind of um, parallels that of the Wicker Man. Uh, cool. There was a roller coaster actually created in, in 2018 um, 
at a theme park called Alton Towers in Staffordshire, England. Um, that basically is it's called Wicker Man, and it's a basically oh a God. coaster where um the roller coaster goes through a six-story wicker man three times that's on fire. We have to go. I know, right? We, we gotta go. go. We, we gotta have do to it. go right now. <laughs> oh this God. is amazing. <laughs> it's the best news ever. Best news. Do it. All right. Um we'll take a Full cruise ship. Trip. We'll, we'll, it'll be it'll be no problem. Cruise ship. <laughs> We're there. <laughs> nothing bad happens on a cruise. Nope, nothing at all. Okay. Reviews. You might be wondering how were the reviews for Wicker Man at the time? At well, the time. I have an answer for you. They were good was and it, bad. Was it? <laughs> Here we go. All right. Um, here's a bad one from Gary Arnold of the Washington Post. Uh, what accounts for the curious appeal of such a pretentiously amateurish scare movie? Truly not the raggedy direction of Robin Hardy, obviously struggling with his first feature, and must be the softcore sex. The illusion that Summer Isle is an out-of-the-way paradise where you can get all the action you crave. So that is wow. Somebody's a little Post. jelly. Wow. He sounds like a jelly jellyfish. He sounds like he's, he's like, a devout Christian in the past. All right. How about another bad one from Janet Mazin of the New York Times? Uh, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna try to be nice about the Wicker Man because it seems to have been made in all seriousness, and because a film journal somewhere has proclaimed it a classic of its kind. What kind? Question mark. The film is handsomely photographed and it includes good performances from Edward Woodward as a policeman and Diane Salento as a school marm, Miss Eckland, who is as convincing as a Scottish lass as the little dead girl is as a rabbit, is memorable in another way, as in her dance. The song lyrics, which are perfectly hilarious, are the best thing the movie has to offer. Wow. She really just did not have a good time. <laughs> she did yeah. not care for it. She um, had a bad time. All right. How about a couple of good ones? Yes. Please. All right. This is the most popular one. Uh, Cinefantastique magazine says Anthony Schaefer's occult masterpiece is a Citizen Kane of horror films. Don't miss this unique film if you must travel 100 miles to see it. Love and of course, it. Anthony Schaefer was a screenwriter of the of the film. And that's uh, and a tag then, that that's a tag that followed it. The the Citizen Kane of horror films. Citizen Kane for of horror films. A Love very that. long time. Still does. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, one more uh, good one. Bruce Williamson from Playboy magazine says a unique, imaginative, thinking man shocker. If you like cliffhangers, hypnotic spells, and edge of the seat stuff, see the Wicker Man. I I like all those things, so I should see the Wicker Man. That's right. Um, and then Ann Bilson from The Guardian in, in 2010 basically said it's one of the most oh. influential horror films of all time and named it one of the top five horror I films would agree. of all time. My so, beloved then, Ari Aster, you can see a lot of his influence and, in, yeah. you know, from right. his work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then finally, 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 Scott, this is that part with that picture that we were talking about. If you could put that thing up. Uh, I found this awesome little thing online, uh, which is a press release, basically, or a screening press release. Uh, for the uh, the Wicker Man uh, in 1977, um, it's from it's from San Francisco area. So I thought this was kind of cool because basically Caleb Caleb get we get these releases of uh, screenings where you can come watch a screening before right. it comes out. So this is the actual release that was issued for the San Francisco area, and one of the places Caleb that uh, you could go watch it 
was the um, the old variety screening room over on wow. 582 Market Street, which is where Caleb and I have been a hundred, not a hundred times, maybe 50 times to watch screenings over the years. And they screened it at this screening room way back in the day oh that God. we've been to a bunch of times. So do you remember the first time we went there? We did. It was for the, uh, the Encino Man, right? Good Encino job. Man. Wow. Yes. <laughs> this is a so, very romantic moment. Yeah, this is this is a bro hug moment. So this anyway, this this release came out uh, and it was they screened it in San Francisco, a couple different places. Um, and I just it was kind of fun because it meant something to me. And I thought it would to Caleb because yeah. again they screened it at a room where Caleb and I have been to many times to watch films. So that's cool. It's history. Um, it's history, baby. I love it. All right, that's it. Put the fork in me because that's all I got for you. <laughs> My um, I have one last closing thought that I wanted to say about okay. the Wicker Man and the Wicker Man and how much I love it. We all know I love paranoia. We all know I love nihilism. You know, inevitable dread. Those are like some of the th- and things I love. Cults, folklore. This movie just so many things like that I love. It you know it's one of those where it's like. Every once in a while, you feel like there's a movie that someone's like, hey, I made this for you because I think you'll really like it. And I was like, oh, thank you. I, I really did like it. <laughs> yes. This movie was made for Sandra. No question. That's all I got. That's all you okay. Got. I have one more thing, too. Okay. So remember when I said, uh, I was like, is this a musical? <laughs> well, apparently, halfway through filming, Robin Hardy said, we're making a musical. There you go. And the, and the seed and the hole in the ground and the lady and the chest <laughs> and the tree and the man and the, the liquor. So I don't know if that's, you know, so I don't know. Do we consider this a musical? Is it a horror film? Is yes. It it's, it's all of the above. Film? Yes. It's a <laughs> musical film, folk horror thriller. Is, is it just amazing? Let's yes. like, it's, it's, you can't be categorized. <laughs> Defies. Defies, you you um, can't you yeah. can't put it into a box. It, it, nope. It is the box. It is the box <laughs> made of wicker that you light on fire. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> we hope that maybe you learned a little something. Maybe you had seen it before and you just said, oh, yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. I'm going to watch that film again. Something. Something you may have hopefully imparted onto you. It may just be the fact that I'm a heathen. I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. So... Whatever. I'm a dirty. I'm a dirty heathen. I'm not just a dirty one. Heathen, I'm a dirty. <laughs> one. All right, Caleb is our is the savior of the group. Maybe Scott. I know Scott and Caleb were raised right. <laughs> Sandra and I were just thrown in the gutter as we were. Producer born. Scott's pretty heathenistic. What? I yeah. know. He's married to Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> the evil seeps through. No, he's he goes secretly goes to church every week and does a hundred Hail Marys for his marriage. So when you said Hail Mary, I totally thought of like the football pass. So oh, okay. like, that's where my Good mind enough. goes. Good sneaks, enough. Sneaks away to go to confession. <laughs> All right. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us. We do greatly appreciate it. Your chat, you guys are wonderful. Thanks we for hanging you. with us for two hours. Two freaking hours. Thank you so much for hanging out podcasters we love you we love you we love Our you pod, we're, we're the pod, pod people pod people potters <laughs> harry potter harry potters for those of you that are in your huffle lumps and ding dingo wangos whatever you are so huffle lumps and woozles yes perfect awesome 
All right, you guys. So we'll see you next week. Caleb's going to pick, so it's probably not going to be horror. We'll <laughs> see. is filmed before a live studio audience in Santa Rosa, California. Check out the video version of this podcast on YouTube, or find us online at theculture.com. We appreciate you listening and hope you can leave some positive comments. Thanks again and talk with you soon. I'm just going to shack off all over this rented room. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs>